On this episode of Driven Too Far, we're talking about accident procedures and what you need to know as a professional driver. Hello, I'm Andrew Winkler, and this is Driven Too Far, the truth about trucking, a podcast that helps over-the-road truck drivers balance career and family. Today on the episode, we're talking about what happens in the event of an accident with a professional driver. And we have a guest today, Brent Falgioni with Greater Omaha Express. Welcome, Brent. Good morning. Welcome. I shouldn't have said good morning. Thank you for having me. You bet. It's a pleasure to have you here. So to jump right into the topic, we're talking about accidents. And one of the premises of this podcast was being able to pull back the curtain a little bit so drivers get an inside view of what happens uh, in the office and behind the scenes. So let's talk a little bit about prepping drivers for accidents, first of all. What do you guys do to kind of prep your drivers so hopefully they know what to do if they're ever involved? You know, the, the one thing about accidents as professional drivers, it's inevitable. At some point, we're going to have an accident. Um, we hope they're not severe. Uh, we hope they're not frequent. But at some point, we're going to have an accident. So we really start with our teammates when they came to orientation. And part of our orientation process is we go over step by step how to be prepared for an accident what the accident kit looks like that we place in the permit book so the driver always knows the permit book is in their driver's door right the back page of the perm or back folder of the permit book has their accident kit in it not just that it's there what to do with it and we go over step by step on what information to gather to remain calm who to call you know the number one priority when you get an accident is always check to make sure the other party is safe Right. everybody's safe once we determine that it's just metal and plastic at that point and we can figure that out um but you know so we we walk them through step by step from that first day here's what to do at the time of the accident here's where your permit book is who to contact and the phone numbers are on the accident kit once they've contacted them what information do the do I, as a professional driver, need to gather from the other parties? And we really break it down, um, and we use real-life accidents, things that we have had happen to our drivers, and we will pull up photos of the accident scene that were taken by the driver. We'll pull open their accident kit, and we'll show them, hey, this is one that probably could have used a little better information or here's one that's got all the information that we're going to need as a company and our insurance company is going to need to protect you and the company after the accident yeah and i you know i think about the orientation process and we definitely we do that as well it's accidents never happen at a convenient time so you're hoping the drivers can kind of retain some of the things you're teaching them in orientation but it never happens at 11 a.m on a tuesday it's more like a saturday at 11 p.m or something when somebody's sleeping and everybody gets a little rattled you know when something happens you're nervous you're hopefully nobody's hurt uh, in the accident but you got to try to kind of bring it back and hopefully the driver kind of recalls what you taught him in orientation you can kind of walk them through the process uh, so we can get get through the process itself absolutely you know in orientation you get so much information thrown yeah. at you uh, where we feel if we we have the accident kit there and we actually walk you through step by step on how to fill it out hopefully 
some of that will be retained because as you mentioned it's never it it's 10 never, o'clock on never Tuesday. convenient yeah never nope. it's it's always weird hours of the night and and you know you get a lot of outside influences that can cause you to get flustered you've got oncoming traffic or you've got light sirens noise you've got somebody that's upset you're upset um you know when it wasn't your fault you're upset because you're getting delayed you're not able to make your next stop or make it to your rest area or or even if you're in a, a truck stop and somebody backs into you and wakes you up in the sleeper and you have to get up that you're usually not real happy about that so hopefully we can we can outline those uh, so you know which way to go with them. I'm going to date us just a little bit because we've been in the industry for a long time, but I remember back in the mid-'90s putting accident kits together, and it was just like you said. It was something in the permit book to ask the right questions, but in the in the glove box of the truck, we were putting disposable cameras. You know, Remember, we had to have those. And uh, we even went as far as putting like a, a drug test kit in there as well just to make sure we had the right things and there wasn't any problem getting the driver drug tested if it was a serious accident. Yeah, thank goodness technology's changed. <laughs> Everybody's got a cell phone yeah. where they can take photos, and and uh, there were some interesting photos on those disposable cameras back then. But thank goodness that's that's gone. I'm sure there's a few listeners out there probably going, "What's a disposable camera? What's <laughs> what is that?" Mm-hmm. But uh, talk about technology. Are you guys using anything? You mentioned cameras. Are you using any uh, mobile apps with your drivers or anything that would help in those processes? Um, we don't have. A, we're currently developing a mobile app for our drivers, so where they'll be able to just upload all that documentation right to the safety department. Um, we're about thirty days from kicking that off. We just went through the development phase. There's a lot of great apps out there, but we felt it. Did, they didn't serve all of our needs. We want one encompassing app for our drivers to to support them where they don't have to have 50 apps downloaded on their phone. Um, so currently um, we've got an email address set up where they can text or email those photos and that information too. And it goes to our safety department, our safety director, um, and goes to myself and, and our operations, vice president of operations. So immediately even if it's three o'clock in the morning you've got a set of eyes to help you with these things so and sometimes you need that it's great that you have backup people and it's going to multiple people because once in a while somebody doesn't get the text or doesn't wake up or or see it but uh we need to be there in the moment the drivers drivers need us for sure absolutely i mean it's one of the most important things we tell our drivers and, and i and i tell every driver i talk to no matter what company they work for if you're in an accident don't go it alone we're here to help you um because we all know ultimately the the company if you end up in litigation it's going to be the company that's going to get sued but you as a professional driver can get brought into those suits too and, and most times do and so we're here to help you protect you your family let's make sure we get all the information um you know because i'm the first to admit we have preventable accidents and when we do we want to take care of those and get those taken care of and solved and resolved and and get payment made out and and make everybody whole as quickly as possible we don't ever want those to go to litigation so um you know it's real important pick up that phone give a call no matter what time of the day it is and if your company doesn't have somebody that you can call in the middle of the night for an accident um 
I don't know too many companies out there that are reputable that don't have somebody to call, you know. Right. That's what we're here for. Do you ever run into this? I'm, I'm thinking about this because it just happened to us. We had a couple incidents over the last couple weeks, and uh, we were in our leadership meeting, and the, the safety director was kind of going over some of those things, and he's telling us about these, and there was a delay from the driver calling and reporting, and sometimes it was a day or two delay. And then you ask the driver, like, now you know better. You know what the policy is. You need to call right away or as soon as you possibly can after you've secured the scene or what's ever going on. And, uh, you know, it seems like they, the excuse is, well, I didn't know who to call. I didn't know what number to call. And are you guys doing anything? How do you make sure the driver has the right number and they know who exactly to call? So when I go up to meet with the orientation class, each week one thing that i do is is we make sure that they pull out their cell phones and we enter the numbers in their cell phones right then and there yeah watch them do it and we watch them do it help them do it um you know and and we talk to them and i'm not saying we do everything right because i don't know the of a company out there that does a hundred percent correct every single time but we sure try and i tell them you know the in our drivers any of our drivers or anybody in the industry that knows me i i don't fire drivers for having an accident now if you don't tell me about an accident i may fire you because i can't trust you yes so transparency is everything i know we're all human we're going to make mistakes but the industry is a is a the insurance industry put out a study and it said that the average report time was four days on an accident four days that doesn't work does it that doesn't work no. by the time it's four days i mean used to be you'd be able to get a car repaired in four days not not today but you used to be able to you know and uh, so our company mantra is four hours or less we have to know about every single fender bender everything four hours or less um you know and there's no excuse with technology and, and you can send via your your ELD, you can send a message to dispatch. If you don't have cell phone service, most cell phone providers have pretty good coverage through the country. There's not too many places where you can't get a phone call out. So pick up that phone and call. I think uh, probably a good portion of the trucking company leaders out there look at things a lot like you and I both do. And that's uh, you know, when an incident happens, first of all, we want to take care of everybody involved. And if you're a driver and you're you're panicking and you're you're worried about your job, maybe that's the reason they're delaying and not calling. Don't don't act like that because I think most of us think of just like you said, I'm probably not going to terminate somebody over an accident unless there was a lot of negligence involved. Um, but we need to help you we need to help the process and everybody that's involved there so don't let that kind of fear creep in and be the reason you don't call your safety director or your team immediately absolutely i mean the fear of we all fear change yep um we know what it costs to change jobs we don't want to be unemployed we got uh you know our families at home and we got to be able to provide for them we take that out of the equation if you call that's all we ask you call and and we'll help you yeah so let's talk a little bit about let's say the accident has happened and uh the driver has called you and notified your team what's happening in the background at your company so once a driver's called us um whether you get this or safety director or myself or or somebody on the operations team 
we're going to walk you through the same steps every time. Um, and we have, much like you have an accident sheet, an accident kit, we have an accident kit in the office. And it's a checklist. And we go down that checklist with you. And we're going to ask you, okay, you're going to need to follow the accident kit and you're going to get a copy of their driver's a picture of their driver's license picture of the registration picture of the license plate of the other car get pictures of the other automobile or truck or piece of property if it's you know whatever's damaged get pictures of it but we're going to also coach you to say to not get right up on it Take a picture back with the resolution on the digital cameras now yeah. on your phones. We can always zoom in. So stand back, get pictures of all angles. But probably one of the most important things that we have found at post-accident as we work through these claims is whoever the reporting agency is that shows up on scene, whether that's the local police, the sheriff, a state patrol, for any first responders, Get pictures of the side of the door so it tells us who was there. Get a picture of the license plate because that identifies who the driver was. So if we're waiting for an accident report or trying to figure out who all was on scene, we have that information. can go back to them and say, okay, we haven't got this report yet or your report is different from this report. Let's sort it out and get to the facts. So, so you can't take too many pictures in this case, and the phones will handle all kinds of stuff. So, just take shots of anything and everything that you can. Pretend it's a ten-year-old's birthday party. <laughs> Snap pictures for grandma everywhere. <laughs> right. So, right. Um, we tell them just you know you can't take too many pictures. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about. Uh, so, the driver has reported the accident to your team. What is the insurance company doing in the background for the next several days? So the insurance company, once it's been reported to them, there's a, they've got a lot of moving parts in the background. They're going to be looking for independent adjusters, possibly, to go out to a scene. Um, they're going to be waiting on the police report. They'll be looking at photos, the photos that you took um, of the, the scene, of the accident damage. They may even reach out to you to get a statement. And that's one real important thing that we we tell everybody is we we feel bad even if an accident is our fault, but we don't want to we want to limit who we talk to about it. Um, and the reason being, you want to make sure that you have all the facts. Now they may be able to see something from the dash cam video, uh, which we will instantly provide them the photos that you provide, statements of witnesses, um, the perception during an accident doesn't always match up to what truly happened. Yep. Um, so you want to be careful about your statements, but if your insurance company reaches out to you, and generally your safety department or a member of the management team will reach out to you and say, okay, this adjuster is going to be contacting you to discuss the accident. Go ahead and talk to them. And when I say be careful who you speak to, let's back up a minute. Any law enforcement agency or first responder, any information you can give them about the accident, especially if there's an injury or fatality, make those make those statements to them. Always make those statements. Um, fill in law enforcement to the best of your knowledge, but keep it to the facts that you know. Yes. Uh, and that's sometimes we th- think we know, so we it's human nature to want to be the person in the know 
But unless you actually know what happened, don't make that assumption. We just uh, the podcast that dropped this week was on dash cams and things like that. And I remember the guest uh, we had on there. He was he was talking about a situation where there was actually two eyewitnesses to a, an accident, and they assumed the truck was at fault. But when you went to the dash cam footage, they found something else out that the the four wheeler actually cut the truck off, and of course the truck clipped it and sent it into the ditch. But from the, the eyewitness point of view, they couldn't see that. They didn't know that. They told what they thought happened, but the video was critical in that case. And we've seen that in our own accidents. Uh, we had one, this not this winter, but last winter, um, where an automobile lost control in front of our truck as they went to go around them. To the witnesses, we hit the car and caused them to spin exactly. in front of us. Yeah. But the dash cam video clearly shows the car was... 60 feet in front of the truck when it lost control uh, and fortunately no one lost their life or was critically injured in that accident but you know for that driver that was a scary moment because all of a sudden everything's pointing back to he's guilty and as a driver we start to doubt our abilities at that point do i really i'm you know there's a chance i could have took in this situation there was a, a small child in the rear of the car and he's thinking boy i almost killed this child scary, and, yeah. and that puts a lot of weight on you as a driver and that's that's the good thing about technology it helps us take some of that weight off we can actually see what happened and and know that you're doing everything correctly professionally as a driver you should be well i think that gives us just another reason for our drivers out there to understand why it's so critical that you communicate with us right away is because we want to make sure there isn't a misstep and by delaying that communication back to your company uh, there could be a, certainly a lot of things that could go wrong or, or happen before your your company can even get involved and jump on it absolutely and i mean as as a driver as hectic as that accident scene is um when you call into your company or into the insurance company it's just as hectic in the office there with making sure all the t's are dot are crossed and all the i's are dotted and, and we're on the phone with with the insurance company with the independent adjusters with um tow companies with body shops with yep you know in a lot of cases we'll contact your family hey joe's been in an accident but he's fine he'll be calling you a yes. little bit so just give him a couple hours here he wasn't injured nobody was injured but give him a couple hours and i'll make sure he calls you when he gets wrapped up because we want to make sure that you can stay focused on what you've got going on and we know with that's the beautiful thing about uh, the difference between when you and i started driving andy there's cell phones now and there wasn't cell phones then so the technology was facetime and and being able to see your loved ones and, and talk to them on a regular basis um, i remember my first cell phone i got back in the 90s and that uh, it was a pretty cool deal you know i'm you were the man i'm, I'm driving <laughs> on the road and I, I don't have to wait at the truck stop for that <laughs> for that pay phone i had a cell phone until i got that first bill and it was like three thousand dollars and oh. uh that ended that cell phone journey right then yeah, and there. But no um, you know, technology is is a wonderful thing if we use it correctly. So, hey, you mentioned uh, working with adjusters. Uh, I'm curious. Do you have any kind of policies where you try to get adjusters on site as soon as possible to help? We do. Anytime there is an injury or fatality, or a, a potential 
injury if that was a we don't knock on wood we don't have them happen very often but if we're in a rear end in an accident or something like that we're going to get an adjuster out on site it's just that added level of security to yep. know that we've got a third party out there getting their eyes on on what happened and taking measurements and, and documenting everything for us. Yeah, so the, if, if you're not aware what an adjuster is, they work for, some of them are independent, some work for the insurance companies, but we do the same in our case. And anytime we're involved in an accident where there's people in the vehicles, uh, we will try to get an adjuster on site. And so these adjusters are all over the country and, and uh, your insurance company can help dispatch one to the scene, but it's important to have somebody on your side at the scene of the accident. Um, um, the adjuster will identify themselves that they're there representing your company and they're here to help. Uh, and it's really critical, like you were alluding to, is if there's injuries or potential injuries in the accident to get statements right away from the people that could be injured. Because sometimes people figure out they're hurt later on down the road and they're just trying to get some some money out of the trucking company so that process of having that person there to document how they were at the scene is really important absolutely you know and the other part of that we found is when we have an independent adjuster and ia out on the scene it gives you a person that you can vent to yes. um in in just kind of somebody there it's like you said it's a it's a level of comfort it's somebody on your side at the scene yeah um not to say that everybody else isn't on your side but it's somebody that you can confide in um that's on the scene there and they're there to help you know we've had cases where drivers have been hit and their truck is inoperable it's going to have to be towed the adjuster will make sure that uh, you know he gets you or he gets you or to a hotel or something to eat or something to drink or restroom or in cases of accidents where a drug screen is required, they can help get you to that drug screening facility um, to get that knocked out too, so. Absolutely. Well, let's move into kind of a post-accident process. Let's say the accident happens, you've uh, worked through it, maybe this is the first time you're bringing the driver back into the terminal for an interview. What does that look like? So the way we do it, and we found this to probably be the most rewarding for the driver, is when the driver comes in, we'll sit down with them, and we're gonna talk through or, or figure out your side of you what what do you, what's your perception of what happened um now whether that sometimes that's in a written statement sometimes it's not depending on what the insurance company uh wants us to do but then we'll go over the photos that you've sent in and we go over everything from start to back on from the time you called we're going to explain to you okay here's why we asked for this information and here's what happened after it so these photos we sent off to the adjuster he sent off to the independent adjuster and they're going to go out on scene to to look at the automobile that was involved on that car that rear-ended you um, or you know okay here's the highway we'll pull up google earth we'll look at, we'll pull up the highway we see we were doing the speed limit was there any exterior forces that that maybe i won't say 
cause the accident but could have weighed on the accident was mm-hmm. there an on-ramp an off-ramp a, a stop sign a yield sign a school zone whatever the case may be was there construction going on we're going to talk through that what were what was the weather like we want to know all of it everything that that you've provided the police we want to know as well and then we break down the accident to say okay given the situation other than getting out of bed five minutes earlier or staying in bed five minutes longer what could we have done to prevent this accident is there anything at all we could have done and we'll look at from the time your day started on the pre-trip um if you loaded or unloaded prior to the accident um the load that you're going to pick up the next load or the load that you're under what's what's time restraints there your route selection we look at the route selection there's certain highways in the u.s that we talk to our drivers and we we try and stay off the two-lane highways as much as possible let's stay on the four-lane highways so we always have an out you know always have an out the smith system you got to look scan the road find that out um but we we break it down and, and it's not to cause blame on you but it's to help us evaluate the accident help you evaluate your actions during the accident and ultimately in the end we hope there wasn't a thing we could have done it was completely non-preventable but if there was something we could have done we can learn from it and move forward and it makes you a better driver so you mentioned the the word non-preventable that's a that's a big one in our industry so can you explain to us the difference between preventable and non-preventable and do you feel like professional drivers are held to a higher standard than than the four-wheelers out there you know the the differences between a preventable and a non-preventable a non-preventable accident is there is nothing in your control that you could have done to prevent the accident nothing not i could have done this but i but it was still a safe no it's nothing um preventable accident i would say you know and i look at myself too and i look back at my driving career and and i always joke that i only had one preventable accident well i only had one accident but it, in my mind it was preventable um so preventable accidents if you could have done anything to prevent that um you know and that even means if you've got oncoming traffic oncoming traffic onto an on-ramp you're in the right lane could you have gotten to the left lane maybe you couldn't maybe there was a car there um and that's a great thing about technology that'll tell us if there's somebody there um or could you have slowed up and let somebody in front of you if they clipped your your uh, right front fender so we look at all aspects of that of is there any way this accident could be prevented now without divulging who the driver was or or uh, too deep into the situation we provide the facts and the photos and in cases of questionable accidents we'll rely on a group of our drivers senior drivers that have excellent safety records and we may review that accident with them to say okay we're kind of stuck here 
is this a preventable or non-preventable right and you as a driver if if your safety department deems it preventable don't be afraid to question was it preventable explain to me how it was preventable because that any accident's going to go on your DAC report and that's your credit report and I know earlier in podcasts you've talked about the DAC report and how yeah. important it is to keep that clean so don't be afraid to respectfully question whether it's something's preventable and as a professional driver you deserve that answer and as a company we feel you deserve that answer so we're going to talk through that and if it comes up that you know we don't always agree on whether something's preventable or non-preventable we'll take it to that panel of drivers and say okay here's the accident here's the facts of the accident just the facts do you feel this accident is preventable or non-preventable and we always have an odd number of drivers because we don't want a deadlock jury so uh, but it's amazing what we have found is whether that number is three or five drivers that we present that accident to in most cases they have a unanimous decision now we talk about whether you're held to a higher standard publicly you are held to a higher standard now should that be no but we are we're professional drivers so the public is always looking at you whether you think they are or not and it's amazing uh, you get in a in a fender bender with your your automobile you're on home time you'd be lucky to get anybody to stop but you as a professional driver getting a fender bender chances are you're going to have if you're in if you're at fault there's going to be 30 people stop because everybody wants to hear their side of the story so um but then also amongst your peers i think as drivers we all hold ourselves to a higher standard and we kind of see that with our with our accident review board. We see that with with any of our um, groups of drivers that we bring in. Um, we use a philosophy. We're in this. We really design our company and and our policies and all that. As we develop those, we rely on advisory boards, and that's of you, the drivers. And so as we talk through things a common theme comes up in all those advisory boards that you know you as a driver we as a driver are held to a higher standard and it makes sense i love the process of having that review board because sometimes you get drivers are just kind of in denial that they could have done anything different and and i unfortunately i think they think the safety person is kind of working against them and that's certainly not the case uh but the process of of being able to tell your story in front of a group of peers goes a long way now let's say you go through that process and and the driver still disagrees he's just not owning or wanting to be accountable for what happened what what happens to the driver at that point so like many companies we have um, some training options that we do the safety department does and and, uh, our orientation leader and we'll meet one-on-one and we'll do some we'll go over some training and it's specific to the type of accident so if it's a lane change accident we're going to go over lane changes and we're going to talk through those in different scenarios and 
we have yet to have anybody get through the training and still say, you know what, you're right, that was my fault. Um, because we're going to break it down simple, real terms. This is what happened. We know the facts. I'm not. We're not going over this with you to belittle you or right. think you're less of a driver. We want you to get better. Uh, as humans, we all make mistakes. Let's learn from our mistake and not make it twice. And um, so that's the purpose. It's more of a coaching than a retraining. Uh, we don't want it to look as a punishment, but we want to look at it as a coaching. It's an opportunity. I'm going to learn as much from you as you're going to learn from me. And let's look at each situation and see how we can get better. I look back at uh, my days in safety, and I can recall a couple different drivers having accidents. In both of these cases, they they'd overturned the truck. Uh, one of them, he just took an off-ramp too fast, uh, and the other one was coming down kind of a windy two-lane road and probably too fast and, and upset the truck. And in both cases, the first guy down the two-lane road, he says, um, I says, what happened? He says, well, the load shifted. I go, well, when you upset the truck, yeah, the load tends to shift, right? <laughs> he didn't. He wasn't getting it. So uh, I said, here's this was always my kind of philosophy is if – if you're in an accident and you can come in and you can own the process and you learn something from the process, then I think we've got a better driver from the outcome of that. Now, if you come in and you're denying it and it's really clear that you made a mistake, I don't have a spot for you on the team anymore. Uh, but that particular gentleman, he thought about it for a day after I told him that and he goes, you know what? He goes, I was going too fast for the conditions or the road. And I said, thank you. And, and I do believe he learned something from it and he was with our company for a couple more million miles, safe miles. So he did. And that's what that's a, as a company. That's our goal is we don't like drivers coming and going. We don't like to terminate somebody because ultimately, if we terminate you for having an accident, you're still out on the roadway running down the road beside not only beside our team members and our trucks, but by beside myself and my family. Yeah. And as we as an industry, we're better than that. So let's look at those accidents and let's learn from them. Absolutely. So let's say uh, I'm curious what you guys do when um, what do you do? Do you share any of the information with the rest of your team as far as a learning experience? Yeah, we have a uh, we have a board in the hallway and we put up the accident photos, the person's name and the fact that they were at fault. I'm kidding. Right. No. <laughs> so. What we do is we do use it as a learning tool, but uh, we do it anonymously. Um, you know, we make sure the truck number can't be seen because so, we're a relatively small company and everybody knows truck numbers. And But we'll go over, you know, what the accident was, what the cause of the accident was, and the dollar amount. Well, because ultimately it costs the company, it's costing you as the drivers. Um, you know, we cover that every week we have a safety call. Uh, where all of our team members, they either listen to it live or they have one week to call in and listen to the recording and let safety know that they listen to it. And we cover a lot of things on those calls. And we call it the safety call because our safety director is administrator of it. But we cover everything from operations benefits. But we do cover a lot of safety topics. Yes. Okay. And so we'll talk once a month on that safety call about what our accident costs were 
non-subrogated, meaning they weren't somebody else's fault, we weren't able to collect any money back, but what that cost us for the month. And we let them know where we're at for the year. And then we break it down on what that equates out to per mile for every person that's on the team. And when you break it down and look at it that, you think, okay, it's a $10,000 accident. It's not a big deal. That cost everybody on the team a penny a mile for the month. Right. And it's, uh, and I think the other thing that happens or the perception maybe with some drivers is, oh, just turn it into insurance. It's no big deal. Well, that's one thing, but you and I are both in captive groups, so we're essentially self-insured, right? It is a big deal. It is a big deal. You know, I had a... Here about six months ago, we had a, a fairly new driver join our team, and uh, he got a little close to a tree when parking on the side of the road, and we're a refrigerated carrier, and the tree branch went through the side of the trailer, and it was about $22,000 to repair. And he's like, well, what if I just, I don't want it on my record, what if I pay the deductible? And I said, that's great. Our deductible is $150,000. Right. And uh, he said, I guess it's going to go on my record. And I said, yeah. well, I, I probably wouldn't pay the 20-some thousand dollars, but I would definitely not park beside that tree again. So um, as you alluded to, when you to help control the cost to be able to afford nicer equipment, better wages, better benefits, we have to control those insurance costs. And one way to do it is to join a captive and so that it puts a little more pressure on all of us to make sure that we're accountable and we're conscious not to have those accidents. Absolutely. You know, there's been a lot of news out there over the last couple of years about the nuclear verdicts and some of the really bad accidents and stuff. And when we hope we never have to experience that. Uh, but what happens if we are at fault in an accident? And let's say our, our driver and the company gets pulled into a lawsuit. What does that look like? What should the driver expect? You know, that that's a scary time. Uh, we, as being in the industry a long time, have been through it numerous times. But you as a driver, it, most drivers never go through it. But if you do happen to go through it, it's probably a once-in-a-lifetime situation. So... It is scary for you and your family because now all of a sudden you're getting drawn into a lawsuit. You're named in the lawsuit. Um, the pressure's from home because you know now you're personally getting sued and the company will represent you and protect you um, as long as you've been transparent and honest. And, and you've gotta be honest in, a, in an accident situation, honest with the police, honest with your company, honest with your insurance company. Um, we all make mistakes and we know that, but if the company knows about those mistakes, they have a better chance of protecting you. So you've got to be honest at all times and stick to the facts. Many years ago, I had an insurance adjuster tell me that often he had clients write out a statement immediately after the accident at the scene. And he'd wait for two hours and have him write a new statement out, say, hey, I lost your statement, just to see how much the story had changed. And it was amazing to him, and it was amazing talking to him, how much those stories had changed, how much more information we had it two hours later. May or may not been factual to the accident, but the story sounded a lot better. So you gotta be careful with that, just stick to the facts. The other thing is, 
if you get into a deposition situation or you're called in to testify in court, whoever you talk to about that accident and gave details to, you're going to be asked about that. So you've got to be very careful who you talk to. Don't talk to other drivers about it. You know, stick to talking to company representatives of the insurance company. They're the ones that are going to be able to help you. The other thing to remember is your data gets drawn in. When I say that, your cell phone records, your GPS, your laptop, and we don't think about it, but the video games, Xbox, PSPs, all those items, and even televisions now, when you have them in your truck, they all have somewhat data recording, whether it's position history or usage history or things like that. So you're on break for 10 hours, but your computer shows you were video gaming for eight of those 10 hours during your break. That's not safe. You didn't get enough rest. You didn't get enough rest, and that's going to get called into court. So um, you, you as a professional driver or anyone that's involved in an accident has a requirement to preserve that information if needed so come clean with your with your safety department your insurance company and say hey you know i've let them know what electronics you have on board and then they'll tell you what they need what you need to do from there that's a great point and i think one of our biggest concerns is always the dang cell phone right what were they did they have the device in their hand and you make a great point that if it gets that far if if, if you're not honest uh when you're giving your statements about being on the cell phone or texting while driving or something like that, it's gonna come out. Eventually, you can try to deny it and hide it, it will come out. But if, you, if you're if you honest up front, you know, it's a mistake, I shouldn't have been doing this, uh, it was part of the cause for the accident, that's how we know how to get in front of these things and we never wanna go to court in that case. Yeah, the last thing we as a company wanna do is put you in a position where you do not look favorable to yourself, your family, or anybody else. So we make mistakes. It's gonna, like like you said, it's gonna come out. I mean, there's in this world, it's always gonna come out. So just be upfront and honest about it. I think we had a great discussion today. Uh, hopefully it gives some drivers some insight about what's going on behind the scenes of an accident. Uh, make sure you're communicating and contacting your company right away. Uh, be honest about the situation, as honest as you can uh, about the situation, and, and you will get through it. Your company will help you get through it. So uh, Brent is president of Greater Omaha Express. Tell us a little bit about Go Express. So Go Express, we're a refrigerated carrier based out of Omaha, Nebraska. Um, we have common ownership with Greater Omaha Packing, a meat packing company. So we are a refrigerated carrier that's heavy in the proteins, um, liquor, pharmaceuticals, consumer goods. Um, we run a nice little fleet. We've got about 135 team members that are on the road. We believe that you, as a driver, we can't do our job without you. You can't do your job without us. Um, coming from a driving background, I was a driver. I miss those days, uh, especially when 3 o'clock in the morning when you have an accident, you call me and wake me up. I'm kidding. Uh, but, no, there's something to be said for being out on the road. And, and many of our team members have driven, um, the supporting team members in the office. So we understand what you're going through. And um, we as a company 
believe that as an industry we all got to get better so that's that's our number one mantra is together we all win and that's whether the whatever company you're driving for whatever you know if it's one of andrew's drivers we're all on the same page and we're all in this together so if uh, a driver wanted to check out greater omaha express where would they go to find you goecareers.com or greater omaha express on facebook and i'm sure there's a recruiter number there somewhere that they can pick up and pick up and call right there is but i will tell you and i and i wholeheartedly mean this don't pick up the phone and call a recruiter find one of our drivers talk to them and i think that's important when you're looking at companies to make sure you talk to other drivers 100 um i love our recruiters but their goal is to get you in the door um and we're going to do it honestly but if you want to know the good the bad the ugly talk to one of the drivers talk to the driver absolutely right thanks for being on the show today hey thank you 